0: Episode 98! Getting closer to that century mark! Episode 98 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rayholt, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. Especially if you uh, throw me a couple bucks a week. I am joined, (laughs) as always, by my co-host. She is the goddess of giggles. She is Ironborn. She... uh, she didn't cry at the end of Titanic. <laughs> she was like, good, fuck Jack. She is uh, Agent Nicole.
1: I did not. Okay, it took me. So speaking of Titanic, I didn't get to say this last episode, but I didn't see Titanic until I was in college. I, my parents had rented it and was I couldn't watch it because my dad was like, oh, I don't think you're going to watch it. It's too long. You're only like seven when it came out, so you're not going to watch it. And then when I saw the movie, I saw it on, like, TV, and I was like, this shit is awful. Like, (laughs) really? And then at the end, I was like, that bitch couldn't, like, move over two inches to let Jack in? Like, what a whore. And then that was it.
0: (laughs) We are also joined, of course, by the hardest working man in podcasting. He is the man with the velvet voice. He is Johnny Wolfenstein. Did you guys
2: cry at uh, Avengers Infinity War?
1: Oh my god! Can we discuss that? <laughs> I, I
0: I shed a little bit of tears because um, it was uh, it was pretty pretty brutal.
1: Can we talk about the can that be our discussion?
0: <laughs> I mean, we could. I mean, I
1: haven't seen it yet. Oh fuck! Never mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, we can't. Sorry. Wow! What a dick. I'm sorry. That
0: uh, lovely voice okay. that was about to be spoiled by our uh, evil agent Nicole <laughs> Spoiler he, Block. <laughs> She uh, she joined us last week. She does artwork, and she knows who Emperor Palpatine is. Ladies and gentlemen, Fuck Jeanette Andromeda.
3: <laughs> That's me. And she's also
2: $14 richer now. Yeah, oh. she's $14 yep. <laughs> richer. I am.
3: <laughs>
2: $2 a day.
3: It was a good week for me. I, I lived under the desk. I lived <laughs> off of the detritus of, like m&ms and uh oh, now d- instead of cave paintings you have under desk paintings so you're welcome
2: there's probably a lot of candy from dynamo on the
3: <laughs> I was gonna
0: yeah. Yeah, you probably kept you fed for a week <laughs> floor candy yep. is the best candy
3: i'm a hundred percent okay maybe tweaking out a little because the dust bunnies and i made friends and we have plans to overtake the world but now we'll talk about something else instead <laughs>
0: Yeah, so today uh, we're going to be discussing one of the best characters, uh, and there's a lot. Uh, one of the best characters, in our opinion, uh, on the hit TV show Game of Thrones, and also I hear there are books about it as well. <laughs> so we're going to be discussing Brienne of Tarth as part of our two part Gwendolyn Christie Fest <clears throat> because she is just a treasure and we are all very big fans. Um one person who is a huge fan but was unable to join us to dis- to have uh the discussion the last uh, last week and this week is uh Miss Stephanie Wiley who's b- been on the show several times. She is a huge fan of Miss Miss Christie and uh it's too bad we weren't able to get her on.
1: As well as our lovely other co-host who is Nowhere to be found, and I'm very concerned.
0: Again, uh, all I know is. The
1: beautiful and talented and luscious lush of my life, That's just One Nightmare.
0: All I know is that she. Uh, like, I was. Maybe like,
1: she's at space jail for, like, getting with Gwendo- Gwendolyn Christie.
0: I don't know. I was, like, trying to call her, and I was, like, trying to remember stuff, and I was like, you know, when you can't like you're trying to come up with a, a word and you can't remember what it was and you just keep snapping your fingers and you can't remember what the word is. Yeah. Maybe that annoyed her because I turned around and she was gone.
1: Did you say orangutan? Maybe that would have been... I did the... not
0: say orangutan. I did. I also did not say whatever the other <laughs> magic word was. But I, I just kept snapping my fingers. Uh, I was wearing a bunch of jewelry at the time. I don't know why, what that had to do with anything. I think it enhanced you the snapping. Ha- you should
1: have sang some tiny bubbles.
0: I could have. I'm not Don Ho though. But uh, what we'd like to do, and uh, probably should have let Jeanette in on this as well. But uh, what we'd like to do to start off the episode is talk about some of our favorite, uh, in all all uh, media. And I know we've done this in the past, and uh, well, we've done similar things in the past. I'd like to talk about some some of our favorite badass women, like our top. Let's call it the top three. I know this. Is, I was going to say top five, but that's a little more difficult. But our, our top five in, uh, and it can be all across media, and it doesn't have to be in any order. Just really the first three that you think of, because we, uh, I really didn't give them any time to prepare for this. So as as <laughs> such, I will go first, and whoever is up next, if you guys come up with something, you guys can decide amongst yourself. Okay. who you would uh, like to go with. But I am going to say, and this is in no particular order, but um, actually a couple of mine are historical figures. Uh, the first one I'm going to go, and these are characters, Not again, they're historical figures, but these are a couple of uh, ladies that I would like to cover on the show. Um, it's actually one of the, f- One of the reasons I started the show is because I really wanted to talk about, you know, badass women and like really great women characters. So one of the ones I I'm going to talk about is uh, Boudica, who was a real life uh, warrior queen. I have to do some more research because I don't I did again, this is off the top of my head, but her husband had a deal with the Roman Empire. Then her husband died. So they were like, "Well, we're going to renege on the deal we're not doing it anymore." And she's like, "But we had a deal." It's like, "Yeah, well, that's too fucking bad." So not only are we not honoring your deal, we're going to rape both your daughters so they can't get married, and we're just going to do whatever she whatever we want." And she's like, "Oh, okay, that's how it is." All right. So she united all of the clans, the barbarian clans in I believe it was England and Ireland at the time. Organized them all and they destroyed the Roman armies, just absolutely obliterated them, just wiped through them uh, because the Romans were so used to like specific regimented attack formations and marching formations. And these guys, a lot of them, uh, the reason they ended up finally losing was because they were not warriors. They were farmers armed with pitchforks and, and shovels. Um, I mean, whatever weapons they had, they would take off of dead bodies uh, of the Roman soldiers. So as they went along, they got more and more, you know, well-equipped. But, again, these were farmers. These were not regimented soldiers. So they ended up uh, eventually losing, but it took two Roman legions to stop them. Like, the Romans actually at one point considered backing out and... And just, like, leaving because they kept getting their asses kicked. (laughs) So, the next one on my list is another actual, real, uh, real uh, person. His name is Ching Shi, who was a Chinese prostitute who became uh, the bride of a pirate. And when the pirate died, she inherited all of his ships And became one of the most, like, she inherited his ship, but ended up, like, forming this massive army of ships. Like, she was brutal because she wouldn't take any failure. She wouldn't take any insubordination. She was so badass that by the time, you know, piracy kind of wound down, she made a deal with... Uh, I, it was one of the European powerhouses: Spain, England, some, someone in there. Again, I have to do some more research because I wasn't prepared for this. Made a deal; she kept everything. Like she had huh. like four hundred ships, or some some ridiculous amount of ships in her armada. Like she was so badass. So I'm gonna I'm gonna rank her right up there with Boudica. And then for my third one, because I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, and I think this was one of the characters that not a lot of people realize. She was even a woman at the time because uh, she wore armor. But if you beat Metroid and you, uh, you were able to unlock the secret ending or you knew the secret... Uh, password Justin Bailey you could find out that Samus Aran was indeed a woman so the hero of the Metroid franchise that people were playing for years and no one had any idea she was a woman and I think that was one of the best uh, best kept secrets like it was h- hiding in plain sight all you had to do was beat the game to find out holy crap this is a this is a, a, a This is a girl like what like you never really saw that like you didn't you know this is still at a time when most of the female characters were damsels in distress they were you know especially in video games it was always you know I need to save the princess and I need to help this person and Mario's got to go rescue the girl from Donkey Kong and so I thought it was a, uh, a progressive character. Leading to a lot of the uh, characters that we have now, like Ellie from The Last of Us, um, Bayonetta. I'm trying to think of some other ones from games that I've played. Jill Valentine from the Resident Evil series. Claire Redfield from the Resident Evil series. I played a lot of Resident Evil. <laughs> um, you know, without those characters, I don't think we would have the. Awesome female protagonists in video games that we have now. So, so those are my top three. Yeah, um, pretty good. Do one of you guys want to go next?
1: How about Jeanette? Let our guests.
3: Sure. Go. Okay, um, right, so the first one that pops into my head is Lucy Lawless. Oh, is just okay. every time I see her in anything, all I can think is, "Oh my god, what a badass!" Yep. you know what I mean. Whether she's an Evil Dead. Or a Xena warrior princess or a cameo in something. It's just like, she is just such a freaking powerhouse no matter where she shows up.
0: Quick question. I I don't mean to sidetrack you that much, but um, did you see the Simpsons episode that she was on? No. So there's a Halloween episode where Bart and Lisa get powers. He can stretch and she is uh, super strong. There's stretch dude and clobber girls, clobber girl, um, and I think they said something like he's elastically fantastic. She's the Hulk in pearls, and so she had they had to rescue Lucy Lawless from the Collector because he <laughs> he was able to, uh, and it's the the it's actually my avatar on Twitter because he has you yep. know, he's dressed up as it's Jeff Albertson, the comic book guy and he has a (laughs) double-bladed lightsaber that he laments having to take out of the package, but it actually works. Uh, He kidnaps her from a convention and by using a giant magnet to uh, uh, latch onto her breastplate, and she's like, well, I'll just (laughs) undo my breastplate, and then she looks down, there's like a hundred nerds with cameras. She's like, no, maybe I won't. So they end up like, she's like, I keep telling you, I'm not Zena I'm Lucy Lawless. You're a maniac. And he's like, whoa, whatever. We're going to be married. And so she finally ends up like distracting him. And she's like, Zena needs sex. And he like comes over to kiss her. And he's got her in a Mylar fucking bag, like a comic book. Oh, no. And so she grabs his lips and starts punching him in the face. So by the end of the episode, she takes Bart and Lisa and flies away with them. Like, Wait a minute. Xena can't fly. She's like, I keep telling you, I'm not Xena. I'm Lucy Lawless.
3: Yes. (laughs) That's so perfect.
0: Alright, so who's number two?
3: Okay, so number two is going to be a super uh, obscure reference, unless you happen to have read a best-selling novel named Artemis last year. Um... It's a sci-fi novel, and the character's name is Jazz, and her name is Jasmine, and she is a uh, Israeli person who lives on a moon base on a colony in, on, on, the, on the moon, and she is just a smuggler is what she is. Mm-hmm. She lives on the moon base. She, you know, delivers things. This is what she does. But then she gets into delivering things for a little bit of extra money that are kind of illegal at a moon colony. And oh my god, I have never loved a character so deeply, except for one I'm going to tell you after this, uh, so instantly as this character, because she just zero fucks were given <laughs> like the whole way through. She goes from smuggling to uh, a little bit of corporate espionage, which may or may not have some really long-ranging random ramifications, and oh my god, that book, I just could not put put down at all. I can't even talk, like, I'm so excited about it. I'm excited
1: um, <laughs> to, to read it. It's, one on, it's on my list. A lot of people that I um, know really enjoy that book.
0: And who is the uh, the author on that?
1: I should know that, but I don't. Is Hang it on. Andy Weir?
3: Google!
0: Andy yes. Ayer. Oh, the uh, guy who wrote The Martian.
3: Yeah. Yes.
0: So if you enjoyed The And I Martian...
3: haven't read The Martian yet. I was oh, just like, should. hey, this looks good.
0: The Martian is so good.
3: I need to read that next, because especially after reading Artemis, oh my God, I can't wait to read more from this guy.
0: All right, and who is so number my... three?
3: Number three is another book character who is, uh, was someone who definitely made me want to be more of a badass in my life um it is alana the lioness from a fantasy series by tamora pierce and alana is um a, the female half of a pair of twins the other half is a male and they swap places he was supposed to go to the kingdom and learn to be a knight And she was supposed to go to wizarding school. And she said, I hate magic. You should go to wizarding school. I want to be a knight. And he's like, they don't let women be knights. And she's like, if they think I'm you, this isn't going to be a problem. So she goes in to be a page, pretends to be a man through going through puberty and everything, learning to be a knight, and disguises her identity for years um, being just super heroic, helping people all the way along the way, being like the most heroic knight you've ever heard of. And then it's not until way late in the series that, oh my god, she's a she? What? It's she's just, Mulan. She's Mulan, exactly. She was Mulan. She was
0: supposed um, to be her But Hermione. That was
3: a character that I read at like 10, 11, where I went, oh, you mean I could be a badass too? I want to do that. So she's always had a very special place in my heart for when it goes under badass women.
0: Excellent.
1: That's pretty cool. I like your list a lot.
0: Agent Nicole, I know who you're going to pick. Rose from Titanic.
1: <laughs> Rose from Titanic. <laughs> um, I think we've covered a lot of badass females on this show. Um, mm-hmm. Agent oh, okay. Carter, uh, Celine from the Underworld series. That was our second show ever. Second show. Um, I am actually going to kind of do a little bit of both. Some real life and some not so real life. Okay. So I'm gonna do my first one is uh, Hetty Lamar. She is an actress, um, definitely from the 1930s, 40s. But a lot of people do not know that she is probably the reason why we have Wi-Fi. She was an, sure. us- yeah, she was the one who kind of made some secret codes with another person during the World War II, and she's the reason why we have Wi-Fi. So um a lot of people know her as a actress in Hollywood. She was also known as being the first um, person in the film called Ecstasy to portray an orgasm on screen. So, you know, she's she's done a lot of first for the world. <laughs> um second one, I'm gonna say Felicia Day. I love Felicia Day so much. You do. Oh yeah. She's I got to meet her last year and She has done a lot for females, female gamers, female geeks out there. And I was able to tell her, you know, like, thank you for for just being honest about how hard it is, because a lot of people don't want to don't want to see that kind of light. And she her her book kind of really helped me a lot, kind of um, opened opened the doors to be to be express who you truly are and being weird is totally okay and she has done so much for not just the gaming community but for the female community as well for you know being honest and having fun and and just to it's okay to be yourself and to be weird and I really appreciate her and um she doesn't get a lot of she she does get a lot of credit but she doesn't get enough that I feel like she deserves to be more um praise for what she has done. And she
0: was in the uh, reboot of Mystery Science Theater. at the... Yep. yep. With she Patton is in, Oswalt?
1: Yep. She's in the um, Mystery Science Theater 3000, the reboot. Um, she has created this kind of like Nerdist. Her and uh, Nerdist, so she has her own um, Geek and Sundry. She has her web series, The Guild, that you can see on YouTube. Um, she's just all over the place, Supernatural. Um, she loves elves, which is great because I like elves. Elves are great.
0: What kind of elves? <laughs> like the ones that make cookies or like the ones from Lord of the Rings?
1: I think uh, both. I think both. So she likes
0: <laughs> the elves from Lord of the Rings who make cookies.
1: Yes. And for number three uh, is really hard. I think I might just go with the entire of like just real badass females. Um, recently, actually last week in Sacramento, they catch the Golden State Killer and a lot of it is due to this amazing female, uh, Michelle McNar- McNarma, who is uh, Patton, Patton Oswald's wife, uh, his delayed, uh, delayed uh, sorry, his uh, wife who passed away last year. Yes. And she just recently came out or last year she had written a book called I'll Be Gone in the Dark, The One Woman's Obsession Search for the Golden State Killer. And because of that book, they reignited the cold case of this serial killer. Um, They call him the East State Rapist, Um, all sorts of stuff. If anyone knows me, I love true crime. And because of that book, they were able to catch this killer after so many years. And, you know, it just takes one thing to really kind of initiate a lot of these cold cases and because of her effort like someone is being brought to justice for his crimes and the stuff that he has caused this city for so many years and so because of her efforts you know we have another asshole in jail so i'm happy for that and so those are my three badass women
0: all right that's uh, that's
1: awesome i like your list a lot that's a good <laughs> list
0: you. um wolfie do you have anything you would like to uh, contribute on there
2: well, I've been kind of working over here, so I haven't really like, <laughs> done any, any research, sure. but I'll just give one, and uh, uh, that would be my badass girlfriend.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I was setting you up for. <laughs>
3: yeah. She's
2: she's pretty much all those women rolled into one. <laughs> I know, that's, you know <laughs> that's kind of a sappy
0: answer, but there you go.
1: No, she really, truly is a badass. No, she's a very nice uh-huh. lady.
0: I, I like her quite a bit. She is definitely a, uh, and we we've all met her, we all know her, so you know, yeah, can confirm, yeah, total
3: badass,
0: yeah, and just a genuine, classy person. And if uh, if uh, my wife was here, she would uh, she would concur. So, uh, <laughs> so I think with that being said, we can go ahead and uh, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll start talking about uh, Brienne of Tarth. So we'll- Do you love a scary story? Do you love to dance? The Big Scary Monster haunts in Midnight is a collection of dark souls.
1: This is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series, and you are listening to Throwdown Thursday on the Grand Guineal Network.
3: Hello, this is the Sasquatch, a.k.a. Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank, and when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal and they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunches.com.
0: And we've returned.
1: <laughs> I was going to do it. Oh,
0: I didn't know. I was sorry, waiting.
1: You got, you got it. I'm good. All right. You got it. You got no, it. I,
0: <laughs> we, get, we get literally seconds past the time that we normally do, and I'm very impatient. I'm trying to... Uh,
1: you could take the wheelhouse on this listen, one. Listen,
0: we have, you know... Oh, that makes too close. We have, ti- we have like, specific time limits. I'm sorry. And... We have a big episode coming up, and I want to make sure we have enough time for it.
1: Okay, okay, got it. Because
0: I need at least 45 minutes to talk about how great I am and how humble. So, that's going to be the, the main topic of conversation. But today, today we are talking about Brienne of fucking Tarth. So, I was unsure what to think about this character the first time I saw her, but Jeanette, I know... You have a lot to say, and you're very excited to talk about Brienne. So, we're going to let you open up the conversation and you tell us your first impressions. And, you know, I don't know if you've read the books or if you've only gone with the TV show, but, uh, all right, go right ahead.
3: Awesome. Yeah. Um, in this rare instance, it is all the TV show for me. I have not read the books at all, um, which is out of the norm for me, because usually I'm like, books first! And then we'll have a fight about it. Um, (laughs) But, from the instant she first showed up on screen, I was in love. I think a big part of that is because she does remind me so much of Alana, um, from the book series that I was mentioning earlier. But she's just, like, how can you not be instantly captivated by this, like, towering powerhouse of a woman who shows up and just I don't know anytime she's on screen she just commands your attention and I've really enjoyed following specifically her story arc through the very you know woven story arcs of Game of Thrones Mm -hmm. and seeing how her loyalty is always so steadfast even with the random twists of fate that happen along the way, I just find her incredibly impressive.
0: I would uh, I would echo those sentiments. Um, I personally think that uh, Brienne is not long for this world because, as yeah. we have seen in Game of Thrones, when you are an honorable, good, uh, selfless character, uh, you can go fuck yourself and did. Yeah, you can, <laughs> you can get ripped apart holding a door. You can get uh, you can get uh, burned at the stake. You can get mm-hmm. decapitated. Uh, any instantly. one of those things. Yeah, could
1: be taking a shit and just die instantly.
0: Uh, yeah, yep. he was well, not he wasn't really a good character. A good I know, I know. I'm talking about the good, honorable characters oh, who going have...
1: to a wedding.
3: Yeah, you'd yeah. think that would be a a nice way to spend a day
0: yeah it's a nice day for a red wedding
3: no nothing's safe (laughs) no
0: um when i first saw her i was like okay she's pretty awesome the book version i have read up to like halfway through book three storm of swords Mm -hmm. which i initially told my wife was a storm of s words and i was like look at this passage i was like she's like what i'm like I'm like silly Sam serves seven swarthy sailors strawberry smoothies. She's like, "What the fuck are you <laughs> talking about?" I'm like, "It's a storm of s words." She's like, "How are you still married?" <laughs> so she didn't appreciate that joke, but I, I have told that to about sixty other people, and they thought it was pretty funny. So uh, I like it. Yeah. See,
3: I'm 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 very curious. Like between the book and the TV show. What kind of differences do you see between this character?
0: Well, um, from what I've seen, and again, this is limited, so I'm not uh, a scholar of the series by any means. I've been reading the books for four years, which is sad and pathetic because I keep reading them. I'll read, like, a chapter or two. Like, basically my Game of Thrones books sit in the the bathroom, but... Mm -hmm they have a hard time competing against some of the games I have on my phone sometimes. It's like, ah, I don't And I'm, sometimes I'm not sure how long I'm going to be in there. Other times it's like, all right, so I can read like 16 chapters. But uh, <laughs> but uh, one of the first things you see, uh, the introduction of the character is pretty much the same in, in, in both mediums where um, there's a, a, a tournament, like a melee tournament, mm-hmm. um, but in the show it's not... As in-depth in the show, it's more, um, it's basically just her versus Renly. Not Renly. Who's the other? Loras. Her versus Loras, and she smokes Loras. And in the book, it's a point of view chapter from Catelyn Stark's uh, point of view. And she's watching this huge melee. Like, there's a hundred people in it. And whoever wins gets one, you know, one favor from the king at this. And at this point, this is this is when there's five kings. So there's Joffrey, Stannis, Rob. Renly, Rob, and uh, the the Greyjoy, uh, Balon. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there's five kings. All of them insisting that they're the rightful ruler, and none of them being correct. So. This is shortly before Stannis and Renly get into their battle because Stannis as the older Stannis as the older brother. Cuz if you're not familiar with the show Robert Baratheon was king. He died and so his son you know is king, but his brother who is next next in line cuz he would be the oldest says, "Well, no, I have the claim." But then his his younger brother is like, "No, I'm the king because nobody fucking likes you. (laughs) So, whatever. Uh, But we see Brienne, and we don't know it's Brienne yet. We don't know she's a woman. She's just this knight that is just destroying everyone. She takes a couple of good shots but doesn't go down, just ends up winning this huge melee battle, and she takes off her helmet. asks, and Catelyn, is, and this is a, a very, this is an oft-repeated um, reaction people have to her, like, she's mockingly called Brienne the beauty, mm-hmm. uh-huh. because she's not very attractive, except for her eyes, and I think that's, you know, part of, um, you know, what went into, in our discussion last week about Captain Phasma showing the cracked mask and showing her eyes because she's got these really bright blue eyes Uh, Gwendolyn Christie not just the the character but Gwendolyn Christie is perfect for this role because she is described as you know kind of homely but very tall tall for a woman she's about you know she's over six feet but she's not like seven feet she's not like the hound or the mountain Mm -hmm. who's like eight feet tall uh, but she's much taller than most women. She's broader than pretty much uh, most men. She's stronger, like Jamie Lannister described. You know, because Loras thinks that she killed Renly. When in fact, all all she wants to do, because uh, when she wins the, I know I'm going around in circles. Hold on, when she wins the 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 tournament, and Renly offers her whatever she wants. She wants a place in his rainbow guard, his personal king's guard. So she, that's what he gives her. And everyone who is ever nice to her is nice to her for one reason, because she is the sole heir to her house.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, people don't want her. She was betrothed to be married three times in her life. Once... She was 8 and he was 10, or the other way around. But they were both children. And she was... Uh, he ended up dying in the same... Uh, like, there was a, a cold spell that killed his, his parents as well. So he died. So then she was betrothed to somebody else. And she just... She couldn't look at him. She couldn't... Because she was taught... She was supposed to be taught, like... Oh, you can do anything despite the fact that you know people don't think you're attractive because you know you're you can do this and the septa so basically like a nun who was teaching her was like doing the opposite like nope you're you're ugly and no one will ever love you and you know just being a real bitch, yeah, so and she's like, yeah, I couldn't they he didn't like her, she didn't like him, so it was off. The next guy, she was 16 and he was in his mid 60s. And he's like, Listen, he was a former knight. He's like, When you're married to me, there'll be no more of this wearing armor, acting like a a knight bullshit. So you're, you know, because he's like, Because I'll slap a bitch. And she's like, Oh, really? It's like, if she was the only guy who I would let slap me around is any guy that could beat me in combat. So get on your armor, old man, and let's see what's up. And she fucking destroyed him. <laughs> like, busted his head, broke his ribs, broke his arm, like, just destroyed him. And so that betrothal kind of went to the wayside. Uh, when she met Renly, she instantly fell in love with him because he was nice to her. Well, it turns out he was he was nice to her because she was one of the only people who didn't want anything from him. And I, I want to make sure I get this line, right? Like everybody that goes to Renly wants land or a castle or money or some sort of prestige. All she wants to do is have the opportunity to die for him, which is so like, that's really what it is. Like, you know, she loves Renly. Like, Renly was nice to her. Like, all these other guys were trying to be nice to her. And in a super dick move, by a super dick, Randall Tarly, some of you know him as Sam's dad, went up to her and was like, listen, all these guys at this party are being nice to you? Because they all have bets as to who's going to take your virginity. And... Ugh. I don't want this to escalate because if this escalates, it's going to be your fucking fault. Because somebody's just going to go and end up raping you to get to to win the bet, and that would be your fault. So you need to cut the shit. And she's like, I don't want any of these guys. But Randall Tarley's a piece of shit, anyways. Yeah. So I'm glad he's yeah. um Yeah. <laughs> But I mean that's you know that's a little bit of the background as to who Brienne is. So, Asian Nicole, yeah, uh, what are your thoughts and some of the research that you did? I will say one thing. I and I have to correct myself because I said earlier, because you, I'm looking at your picture there. You have some some stuff printed out. I have to correct myself when I said that Gwendolyn Christie is perfect for the role of Brienne. Is it because? You know, Brienne's, you know, ugly and this and that. Gwendolyn Christie is not ugly. Gwendolyn Christie is a beautiful woman.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: She's very tall. She's statuesque. Uh, She's very striking. So that part, they kind of like... They do like the opposite of a makeover Mm -hmm. for her. They kind of like ugly her up. Like she's always dirty. Like... Because, I mean, some of the, the red carpet things that she's that she's done, some of the photo shoots that she's done, like, she's, she's a very attractive woman. Yeah. You know, and there's no one that's going to disagree with this. So I just wanted to clarify that I meant she was the right size and the right build and the right stature mm-hmm. for the character, not that she was ugly. So yeah. I
3: just to... Well, when when you said she wasn't beautiful, I actually took it as she wasn't traditionally beautiful. Yeah, like most men in in this world, at least, um, in the Game of Thrones world, and probably the real world. But I like to think that there's better people out there than just Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, but in inside the world of Game of Thrones, like little delicate women, like a Marjory with type. fair yeah, I was skin say and Marjory fair hair, generally speaking, are the ones that.
0: Are Stark. the most
3: desirable, yeah. And she is not delicate. She is not someone who's going to just do whatever people want, and she is not going to just sleep with a guy so she doesn't get raped. She's gonna be like, "Fuck you! I'm gonna beat you up." I'm sorry, I curse a lot.
0: No, no, um, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because somebody um, tries in the book. Somebody tries to rape her, and she bites his ear off, and then it gets infected.
3: <laughs> nice. Anything? I love it. She's just she is such a badass, mm-hmm. and I know that means she's not long for this world. But uh, every minute she's in it is worth it because yeah.
0: she's so she's so honorable. So yeah, I cut you off, Nicole, and then it's we went okay. off on a tangent. So go go ahead.
1: Um, so I started watching Game of Thrones pretty much. A couple seasons after it had premiered, like the first episode okay. I've ever seen of Game of Thrones is episode two of season two, where there's like fifty different sex scenes and that. But um, <laughs> I remember watching it, and I remember the first scene where you do, you are introduced to Brienne, and she is this loyal individual who's kicking the ass of Loras Tyrell. And I was just like, when she first spoke, I was like, "Holy fuck! This woman is going to kick ass, take names, break hearts, break hearts of so many people, break legs, break legs, break some ears." (laughs) Um, and one thing I I feel like I have like I wouldn't say like a personal connection, but I understand. It's like it's nice to have a character that you can truly relate to. In a lot of ways where, you know, there are times like a lot of people who where they don't feel like they're pretty enough or they just they don't, you know, they feel unattractive and, you know, fuck that. Like she has the attitude of saying, you know, go fuck yourself. I am who I am. And if you don't like me, then whatever.
0: I can still beat the shit out of you. Uh
1: Yeah. And it's (laughs) kind of nice to have that kind of different perspective in Game of Thrones because in the first season, you know, we've we get a similar character like Arya Stark who is, you know, she's a beautiful ch- child at that moment, but you know she's completely mm-hmm. different from her sister, where, she, you know, her sister is traditionally the beauty that a lot of women in Westeros is all about, and then you have female characters like Arya Stark. Arya Horseface, they call her yeah, in the book. Yeah, you know, and it's yeah. kind of, you see the different worlds, the different sides, and I think Brianna... Brienne kind of does represent, you know, someone who, you know, in real li- in real life, Gwendolyn Christie is gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And uh-huh. I think for someone to play this role, it's, it's a lot. It takes a lot out of you, and it's a role that is really hard to fill. And Gwendolyn Christie really takes that, those emotions, and kind of enhances it in Brienne of Tarth. Like, I completely, I feel like anytime she's mentioned being called ugly and unattractive, like I feel for her because I understand what it's like to yeah. feel like that. And it's, yeah. I, I feel like it's a personal feeling of like how much I enjoy this character and how much she's portrayed and how much you've seen the depth and growth of her character throughout the series. For me, I've, I've only read the first and some of the second book. So I have reached where she is. We meet her in Catelyn Stark's point of view chapter. Um every time Gwendolyn Christie is on the show and is in the episode, I am just so enthralled. I'm so invested into her character. Like I I enjoy seeing the character development. I've s i have like one of my absolute favorite kind of story arc is between uh, I think two and three, a lot of it with Jamie Lannister and how they kind of yeah. they complement one another. I think that's something that we should definitely talk about. But I think some of like that whole you know relationship that dynamic is so they balance each other out a lot and I um, I know our lovely Brienne Fran uh, Stephanie Wiley is a huge um, shipper of Jamie and Brienne and I am as well and it's just it's, the relationships that we see Brienne having is very deep and meaningful. In many ways, and I think mm-hmm.
0: her—I think one of her biggest contributions to show like what a uh, powerful impact that her character has had—is she turned Jamie Lannister into a likable character. Yeah. Like from yeah. season one but to season two, he's just this arrogant. Like he's every fucking Chad that you've ever met. He's just this mm-hmm. huge. It's like my dad has like so many boats. Like, he's coasting (laughs) off, like, the shit that his dad does. I mean, granted, he's done some shit himself, but a lot of it has to do with his name. Like, if he was, you know, Jamie, anything other than Lannister, he wouldn't be able to get away with the shit he gets away with. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody would have, you know, kicked his ass or he never would have gotten trained to be who he is. So, I think that's a, a, a huge thing. Like, she made him into a likable character.
3: Which well, I, think, oh, sorry, I never ahead. would have seen happening. Yeah. Without. I never, ever in a million years would have thought I would have liked Jamie Lannister. <laughs> and then by the time they were done traveling together, I liked him. I like, yeah. how? <laughs> how
1: did you think, do this? I think where it comes from is. You know, Brianna Tarth, she's the heir basically to the Tarth, you know, I was going to say land, but like she, you know, yes, he, she is and she's the know, only heir. everybody knows her by name. Like they don't see her for who she truly is because they think, oh, you know what? She, you know, she's the heir of this um, house and she's got money and she has this But like, you know, we have Jamie Lannister who comes from money, but you don't really truly know him. And I think she extracts the true, true person Mm -hmm. that he she is, because Jamie has always been coaxed by his sister Cersei. It's always been Cersei's kind of shaping him. But I think with his time with Brienne, she really kind of pulls him away. Like a name is just a name. There is something deeper inside you. There's something better in you. There's something, especially when he loses his hand, like you know, he's supposed to be this great swordsman, you know, and she really kind of busts his ass and fights him and kind of trains him to get to that level that, you know, he is still a great swordsman despite losing his good hand.
0: Well, yeah, it, it's it's the, the scene after he's lost his hand and they're in, like, the communal bathhouse and he is, you know, her, her ability to bring out the honesty in him and he tells her the true story of what happened. Like basically how he's been living his life for the past, you know, decade or so has been based around everyone else's perception of him. And he's like, okay, if this is how you think I am and what you think I am, then fuck it. That's what I'm gonna be. I'll be the Kingslayer. Yeah. And she is able to You know, because for the longest time, he just calls her wench. He won't refer to her by Uh her name. You know, and he's just, like, in awe. Like, I know you haven't read the book, but there's a part where he thinks that she's abandoned him. Like, they're in a boat and they're rowing downstream because he can't row, and he's acting like a dick about it. It's like, oh, I'd love to help you, but I only have one hand. We just go around in circles. And they get set upon by... I want to say Tully men um, and she ends up like in a show of amazing strength like knocks a boulder off of like this rocky cliff and it lands on the guys that are attacking her mm-hmm. or attacking her and Jamie and one of Jamie's cousins and it just lands and crushes the guy and you know He's like, you could have left. You could have just left me to die or left me to get taken by these other people. And she's like, I swore an oath. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that that oath gets fulfilled. And he kind of sees this. And that's when, you know, he ends up talking to people and saves her from saves her from being raped. Because mm-hmm. he's like, listen, this is what's going to happen. Just let it happen don't fight or they'll kill you and she's like then they'll fucking kill me. I'd rather
3: fight yeah. yeah
0: she's like then they'll kill me because I'm not I'm not just gonna sit here and roll over and, and let them do this you know and you know he kind of takes that same message from her and it's like you know he could have just rolled over and died but he's like no I'm fucking Jamie Lannister you know I'm gonna have my revenge and that's kind of like the way she's thinking and it's interesting. Yeah. Once they get back to King's Landing, the first thing he does is have her arrested, and the reason <laughs> he does that is for her own safety, because she's not, she's literally not safe, mm-hmm. because yeah. she was uh, Renly Baratheon's uh, Rainbow Guard.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, she was party to Jamie losing his hand, even though she didn't do it. Yeah. Like she was still part of that you know it was uh, it's a, a very powerful scene um, yeah it is you know and then you know he obviously lets her go you know we see the the siege at River Run when they have the conversation prior to that when she's like I'm just letting you know that you know and you could you could cut the sexual tension in that tent <laughs> with a fucking Valerian steel sword <laughs> When she's like, I don't want to, but I will fight against you. I have to maintain my oath. So she's like, listen, dude, you know, like uh, Bronn's saying, he's like, think he's fucking her? I'd fuck her. <laughs>
1: <You> know, like- <laughs> oh, um, Jeanette, so there's so many amazing yeah. moments of Brienne, because you and I, I mean, and also Patrick, but like, For us, we're very much all about TV, Brienne. What is some of your favorite moments that you want to talk about of Brienne? Like, because there's so many, and it's just hard to get them all. But what is, like, a few that you really enjoy and why?
3: Oh, man. The first thing that pops into my head, and since we're talking so much about her and Jamie Lannister, it's um, when he and her just have that actual fight, he's still... He's so weak. Like there's just there's no chance for him. And she's just like, whatever. Let's do this. Let's get this out of your system. And just the way she fought him, like she didn't want to hurt him. She just wanted him to sit down yeah. <laughs> and yeah. comply. And just like those those kicks where she just like, bam, like just boom. And then he's down on the ground and he's just uh, like defeated. Like I can't even deal with this beast of a woman. That that for some reason that scene just shows a lot of her restraint emotionally because he's being a dick (laughs) like Uh the whole time they are together and she is so steadfast about her mission that she will not be waylaid from it at all and in that one moment in that one scene you can really see her determination to get to her goals and I love that about her. So that definitely shines for me. What about you?
1: Oh, I think this is another Jamie and Brienne scene. Um, the episode, the maiden and the bear. That's... Oh, yeah. That one is... It's one of the moments that I was like, oh, my God, is this the end of Brienne?" I'm like, "Fucking if a fucking bear kills her, I'm just going to be done with the show. But obviously, that doesn't happen. And, you know... They force her into a dress. She has to fight a fucking bear. With and a I'm wooden like, sword. With a, Yeah, with a sword. But I'm like, oh my... It's just... It was one of those nail-biting moments where I'm like, oh this, yeah. this could be really bad. And you could see that, you know, Jamie's kind of change of heart. Basically, uh-huh. you know, he was, he's been a dick to her all this time. And, you know, she... He, like, really doesn't like her. And... You know, he's realizing, you know, in order for me to survive, I have to make sure she survives as well. And it's such a perfect scene where he saves her from being demolished by a fucking bear.
0: See, for me, yeah. uh, it's again, and I think because that so much of her story centers around Jamie, uh, it's another Jamie scene. It's actually a couple of them. Um, when she's leading him through the forest And those random guys show up Uh, and he's like, give me a sword. And she's like, no, go fuck yourself. He's like, no, you need to give me a sword or we're all going to die. And she's like, listen, asshole, like, I know you're, you know, king shit Lannister, but I can fight. Like, I don't need your help. You know, and. You know, she ends up killing everybody that's like coming after them. And it's, he just kind of like, I think that's when he really starts to respect her because that's what he respects. He respects, you know, uh, uh, battle ability and and skill in war and Mm -hmm. combat. Yeah. Um, The other part, you know, because Jamie's always talking about how he would love to have a Valyrian steel sword and then he gets one. And the first fucking thing he does is give it to her. Yeah, And then he's like, whoa, you have to name it. And she's like, Oath Keeper.
1: Which I think is absolutely perfect for her because throughout this entire series, she's always sworn an oath to do something. So Catelyn starts to find her Darius, Sansa, and Arya. Um, She
0: also swore to protect Renly. Well, that that, that
1: one was was an oopsie (laughs) daisy that a, a, whole,
0: a whole bouquet of oopsie day. I mean,
1: it's not her fault. No, it's not. <laughs> but she does get revenge on his death. by. Well, we don't know if Stannis is truly dead.
0: Not in the books. Not in the yeah. books. He's got Theon.
1: Yeah. So, but she's always managed to keep, you know, she is so loyal to those that she serves. And I think calling her Valerian Steel Oathkeeper is just perfect. You know, it's it just so shows. It just, beautiful, it is. It just shows the true person that she truly is, and how she takes tradition, and you know, her word is very sacred to her. And I think that's something that we don't see a lot with a lot of these um, characters in Game of Thrones. So, she, not the ones that live long. That live long, correct? And um, yeah, and that's what makes her such a unique character in this series. And I just... I don't want her to die. I hope she doesn't die. Well, I think... She, she's got so much... I think she's done. The, ugh, I don't want to think about it. But, like, I think... is She's just such a unique character that has created such a huge cult following, such a big backing for a lot of... Not just males, but for females and the movement because game of thrones like i personally didn't really want to watch game of thrones because i was like you know it's all gonna be blood sex you know all this
0: sexy blood
1: sexy blood kind of Mm -hmm. shit and then you see these characters and like a lot of the female characters and these strong you know personalities and that's where it really got my attention like I've had a few friends who are like, yeah. I can't believe you watch Game of Thrones. I'm like, it's not about for the sex and the blood and the violence. It's all about the storytelling.
0: The and, characters.
1: And the characters. And George R. R. Martin really does a great job giving such huge depth to these characters. And um, I'm drawing on their names, the, the creators of Game of Thrones TV show. Uh,
0: Dave Benioff and D.B. Weiss.
1: Thank you. Really, really took some of these special characters and really provided amazing actors to play him like I can't think of anybody else who would play um Brianna Brianna Bri- Tarth like there's I there's nobody who could Gwendolyn Christie's just perfect no. and one of the recent episodes that I really enjoyed and it was from last season her fight with Arya Stark in the, um the, the training
0: of, montage,
1: the training. Mo- I was like, oh my God, it's like, oh yeah, which I kind of think maybe kind of foreshadowing like a successor, like, you know, Brienne is this wa- powerful warrior, this beautiful, like this strong, badass woman. And then, you know, Arya Stark is training to be an assassin, a, a warrior as well. And I feel like that's kind of like, you know, one badass bring, you know, kind of, passing the mo- the mantle to a new badass. And I think you know, maybe that that could happen. Like obviously we saw what happened with Peter Baylis. She got a cut throat, which was lovely, but um I think, you know, I, I it's just it, that scene really was just fucking amazing. I
0: think the best part of this character is the fact that she is this you know, tall you know, I don't want to say hulking because that kind of like, you know, is, is too simplistic of a, of a, she's
3: an impressive woman, like physically. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. She's uh, an imposing figure.
3: That's the word
0: she, um, but you know, you'd think someone who sound, who looks like that would sound, you know, something similar, Mm -hmm. but she has this, you know, highborn speech pattern. She is, uh, you know, clearly uh, a, a classy lady. You know, she is, you know, the the daughter of a lord, not Lord the singer, which is Randy Marsh, but you know what I'm saying. You know, she, uh, you know, she is from noble birth. She's from a noble, uh, a noble house. So you hear that in her speech and her actions and, you know, the the way it's ingrained in her and the, what she had to go through. Like, nobody wanted to teach her how to fight. Nobody wanted her to be a knight. But, you know, her father had two sons. They both died. He had two other daughters. They died. You know, she took it upon herself to be the son that he no longer had. In that, you know, she felt an obligation to protect him and care about him. Mm. You know, and that's, you know, if I think if you're a parent, that's, you know, kind of your goal is, you know, have your kids like you and, you know, want good things to happen to you.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give this question out to everybody. So we, you know, we all really enjoy Brianna of Tarth and... We really enjoy her character. What is something that you don't like about this character?
0: Um,
1: Which is, you know, something that's going to be hard, but, like, we got... No, it's
0: not that difficult. The fact that everybody she pledges allegiance to dies. She is not there when they (laughs) need her the most. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm gonna... I'm gonna... Don't worry. I'll protect you, Renly. Oh, Renly's dead. Oh, I'll swear an oath to Catelyn. Oh, Catelyn's dead. Uh, I will... Aria, I'll help you. And she gets into a, a fight with a hound, mm-hmm. you know, which doesn't happen yeah. in the books, yeah. but is fucking amazing in the, in the movies. Because, I mean, not in the movies. It's in the, the movies. The book. In the, the movies. Not, the TV <laughs> fucking show. Jesus Christ, I need a map. I
1: and mean, next year's episodes will be like <sighs> a movie.
0: Um,
1: Yeah.
0: It's just the whole... I I
1: think that's the same thing
3: that... Is, I, I, don't know, I see it as kind of a wonderful flaw, though. Yeah. Because you can't be perfect, you know? And it is kind of funny. That's so the one thing, like, since she plays Captain Phasma and Brienne of Tarth, I see that kind of failure to complete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, there's... That's like the correlation between the two characters. And you know, I kind of love it, actually. <laughs> I hear what you're
0: saying. Like, you know, it's kind of like a, a beautiful tragedy thing where it's like, oh, you know, she's never... Yeah. It's like, you've got to be able to accidentally complete one of your fucking missions. Yeah. Like... Even like, ooh, whoops. Oh, I like, fucking... Bill Murray and the Man Who Knew Too Little like you know <laughs> something like that you got to you know slapstick your way into you know doing your 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 goal but it never never ends up happening.
1: Yeah. I so. completely agree as well. I it is like what you said Janet it's a you know it's a beautiful flaw. It's like you respect her for taking those oaths, but god damn it It's
0: like a flower that smells like assholes.
1: <laughs> okay. That's yeah, just so fucking random. But um It's so beautiful, it, but it sucks so much just, at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I it's just one of those things where you're like I mean, like no character is perfect, but she's pretty damn close to it and it's No, just, no,
0: like, no. She is over everything. Like that's not close to perfect. She's completed zero missions. If you were a baseball player, and Wolfie, you can back me up on this. If you went up there and you don't get a hit ever, were people like, well, he's pretty close to perfect? Or would they be like, wow, this guy sucks?
1: I didn't mean it as that. I meant like just a character that... Well, now I can't. I can't remember what I was gonna go because you just decided to go and. I do
3: have a rebuttal for. Oh, she has one thing that she successfully did.
0: Which is oh.
3: She got into the Rainbow Guard, guys. (laughs) That was the thing she set out to do. (laughs) (laughs) She has one (laughs) success under her armored belt. Thank you very much.
0: Well. (laughs) She wanted to get in that so she could protect (laughs) Renly, and how did that turn out?
3: Well, that's after. That's your second (laughs) oath. She gets one. Everybody gets one. She gets one. one. Yeah. When she makes something for herself, she succeeds. When she tries to make other people happy, she fails. Mm. Um, I mean,
0: you can call the conversion of uh, Jamie from dickbag to likable. You know, with success. Yeah, let's do that. Because nobody else could do that.
1: That's true. Not even. Yeah. Exactly. No. Yeah. Um. What, okay. I think we're going to be wrapping up shortly. But what are your predictions? Feelings of what might happen to Brienne in I'm next gonna, season? I
0: am going to channel my inner uh, Mr. T here from Rocky Three. Oh,
1: pain. 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 <laughs> <pure> yeah. Pain. <laughs>
0: That's what he says. Like
1: suffering. You got any predictions? My for prediction. The <laughs> they, they
0: they don't. They literally ask him. Do you have any predictions for the fight tonight? Prediction. Pain. He just looks right in the camera <laughs> and says, pain. Oh
1: my goodness.
0: He wasn't <sighs> wrong.
1: No. Yeah. Jeanette, what do you think? What are your predictions? Feelings? What might happen to Brienne next season? The last season of Game oh. of Thrones.
3: I really think she's going to die. Like, there's <laughs> no way she's going to make it. She's going They're going to make her suffer. You're going to think, maybe, just maybe, and then nope, something just out of left field is going to come stabbing into her, and you're going to be like, no, nah! and then you're going to want to throw shit at the screen again because that's what happens when you watch this show. <laughs> she's going to be sitting
0: there, and she's going to be like, like, oh, everything is going so well. We're winning the battle. And then she's going to watch Jamie die. And then after Jamie dies, like, she's she, going to die, like, out of nowhere. She's like, I'll avenge you. And yep. then just, like, gets stabbed in the face by, like,
1: oh, a falling oh, rock yeah. or okay, something. Okay, that's like, a little.
0: Something random. Like, she trips that's exactly and falls over. exactly what's going to happen. I know. <laughs> she trips. Oh, he turns into a white walker and kills her.
1: Oh, jeez. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Well at uh, least we had a tragic romance. Oh no, we're both dead. How unfortunate. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> I,
1: I I am on that same bandwagon of her probably going, unfortunately. Um I I enjoy the little like the love triangle that's what going on with Brienne and Tormund and, and oh <laughs>
0: god I hope she ends up with Tormund
1: I want her to end up with Tormund I though want I to make babies t- with her yeah they have a fiery <laughs> baby um but I think maybe be amazing. I'm just gonna throw this like theory Cersei kills her like somehow kills her
0: Cersei and what oh. fucking army I don't know
1: that's true send somebody, she's she's a crafty one. Don't underestimate her. She
0: can be crafty as she wants, but in a straight up one on one, she's not. No, going to she's
1: gonna have Bri- someone else, like one of the assassins. She wouldn't have a one on one. Then she's spider. not killing her. <laughs> she's gonna be the reason. No, no, why no, no. If like, you say she's...
0: this person is gonna kill her,
1: okay, like,
0: she might order someone to can kill her. Can I
1: rephrase? Her? What can I re what redo my word wording? Cersei is going to Brienne is gonna die. Because Cersei has someone killing her. Are you I, happy now?
0: Nope, because that's still. For who's fucks. gonna kill her? Who's gonna kill her?
1: Well, a mysterious know, new contender. I think probably Arya. the assassins over in uh, Bravos and that whole thing.
0: The guys with no faces, probably like Mel Gibson in that movie. Manned you know, base. I don't know.
1: So I was just throwing a left field, just crazy theories, so, because that's what we do. We just give out crazy shit. But I think, she's gonna but end end honestly, pod she's going to die. Dick. I think she's going to die in the big yeah. battle. Like, how she's going to die, I don't know. But she's going to die, and I wish, I hope she doesn't. But unfortunately, I yeah. mean,
3: I hope she dies in a big battle. Yeah, like give her that moment. You know, like that's how she deserves Doing to go out. Doing something heroic. She completes a mission, yeah. saving like,
0: one of the Stark girls.
3: Yeah, that would be wonderfully heroic, and that would be a good like. I'd be okay with that ending. Like if she dies trying to save someone, yeah,
1: I'd she be tries all, to save all, them, all over that. But accidentally
0: pushes them in front of danger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh guys, I do like it again. Luck, <laughs>
0: oh, I'm bad at this. <laughs> So I think uh, with that being said, we're going to go to break and give a little preview of what we're doing next week and the week after. So uh, let's go to a quick break, and when we come back, we'll wrap everything up.
2: Hi, my name
0: is Kurando Mitstake, director of Gun, Woman, and Karate Kill. And you're listening to the Throwdown Thursday podcast. Fueled by tacos, beer, and Bloody Marys, the only show featuring baby Jesus with a nail gun, the pride of PA, and the show with the eye of the tiger, ladies and gentlemen, Punch Farm. Hey, this is Mark from Punch Farm. I'm here with Mark Dose. Hello. I'm here with Illusion. Love. I'm here with Nikki. Hey. Join us every Monday as we talk about life, tacos,
3: beer, and movies. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and PunchFarm.com. Keep on punching.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Patrick Hall in the motherfucking house. <laughs> Patrick Hall in the motherfucking house. Patrick Wayho, in the motherfucking house. Patrick Wayhall in the motherfucking mouse.
0: So I gotta say, uh, if you if you got a chance to watch that uh that episode of Trick or Treat Radio, that's the best uh, end credit scene ever. Like way better than uh, Marvel. So So, I hope you enjoyed our talk on Brienne of Tarth. I'm sure I made a whole bunch of errors on things uh, because like I said, I am not a scholar of the, the Martin books, but uh, I do enjoy them. I'm just, uh, I'm not as advanced as, as some people. So
1: much Gwendolyn Christie love. I'm so happy. Oh, she's
0: a fantastic actress and you know, she's brought two of these amazing characters to, uh, to life. And, you know, we uh, we have to you know give her her credit where credit is due and thank her for the um, the amazing contribution contributions she has made to uh, nerd culture.
1: Yes, she has. But we also want to thank our lovely guest, Jeanette. You've been amazing, and we would love to have you back again whenever you want to come back. And um, cool. You're well, awesome and you're, you're talented. When you not
0: super, super busy.
1: Yeah, you're you're going on a oh. three week road trip soon, so
3: I am. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Seriously, this was a lot of fun. It was it was nice to nerd out with you guys. Like it's
1: long,
0: <laughs> long overdue. Mm-hmm. It really is.
1: Um, and this, Absolutely. and we're giving you the platform again to pip out your stuff. So I know we did that last week, but you know, for those who haven't listened to last week's episode.
0: Every episode might be somebody's first. Yep,
1: so definitely pip out. Oh, uh, true. Pip it out, Jihad.
3: So, uh, yeah, I'm happy to pimp out what I'm doing. Um, I'd recommend you come check me out on the YouTubes and Instagram. Uh, YouTube for Artie adventures and Instagram for my cross country road trip crazy adventure with drones. <laughs> um, because <laughs> my husband Alexander and I are going all the way from Connecticut all the way down to the Grand Canyon and New Mexico um, for various reasons, and we've decided we are going to vlog and draw and drone our way across the country. So if you want to join us, you can find me at uh, Instagram. I am at Jeanette Andromeda, and you can find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash Jeanette Andromeda.
0: We'll put links to Yes, we will. Your stuff, yeah, because
3: my name's hard to spell.
0: <laughs> obviously, you'll, uh, you know, you you have free reign to post whatever you like in the uh podcast the group, group, yeah, because that's, that's thank you. Do I,
3: I really appreciate that. <laughs> well, that's part of our
0: uh, our mission statement is to uh, spread as much uh, talented uh, people around as we can, be they artists, writers, directors, actors. Whatever. Whatever your skill is, we want to... Well, I have to say there there are some limits. Even
2: Bavarian cheese whistle?
0: Ooh. Uh... <laughs>
3: Especially Bavarian cheese whistles.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm not against it. <laughs> I mean, it's no uh, Montana musket loader, which, don't look that up at work.
1: Oh my! God, I don't. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't, don't look that, that up them. at work. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, but before we wrap up the episode, um, we are very close to the 100th episode.
0: Yes. Next week will be episode 99, which is as close as you can get without getting over. Yes. As
2: Michael Ravenshadow would say, it's the penultimate episode, even Pen- though that's uh, yeah. And we're going the to... wrong. Well, you ninety
0: nine
2: would be the penultimate to well, if you if hundreds their last episode, sure. That's yes.
1: True. um, but for ninety nine we are going to talk about an amazing character um from the Handmaid's Tale, uh, Hulu's Handmaid's Tale, Offred, who is played by Elizabeth Moss. Um it's a book and it's a wonderful series, and we are gonna really dive deep into it. Patrick, have you watched it yet?
0: Uh, I am working my way through. as As of this, when this episode airs, mm-hmm. I will have started watching it.
1: Uh-huh. So,
0: Ash—that so Ash, means no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, Ash, Ash did like... <laughs> show me uh,
0: a fantastic scene that takes place at Fenway Park, so I'm pretty interested to see what happens. Yeah, this. it's a—it's very... not your typical event that happens at Fenway.
1: Yeah, it's a very, very it's an appropriate film um film God damn it uh, it's a, an appropriate television show for definitely for this time especially yes with, there's a lot of um very much links to what's happening in our current events and and it's a very it's a very it hits home for a lot of people and it yes. definitely hits home for a lot of um not to just keep spreading this with, for the feminist movement. and for,
0: No, no, it, r- it really does. It really
1: does. And for like the Time's Up movement as well. So if you are a fan of the show uh, or have anything to contribute to it, please send us a voicemail, email at ThrowdownThursdayPodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Nick Tompkins, find Patrick at Patrick Hall, um, Ashes is at Miss Swan Nightmare. Um, we... Any comments, concerns about characters or anything about that, Yeah, definitely... you have suggestions, yep.
0: something you want to hear us talk about. Mm-hmm. Did we screw something up? Do you think we suck? It'll tell us that, too, and <laughs> we'll tell you why you're dumb. No. Uh, no, we, uh, we... As long as it's constructive criticism, like I said, even if you're your your username is taintpunch42069 as long as you have a coherent argument and like a real reason why you know you disagree with something we said or think we're doing poorly uh we want to hear from you so uh i believe taintpunch i believe that's miles screen name
1: oh jeez but um, we will get to, blah, we will talk more about the hundredth episode soon, and we will post information about that because I think that's in the works of what we might be doing. I have no clue what we're doing, Patrick. Thinks,
0: we're we oh, it's it's going to be amazing. There's going to be jugglers, clowns, balloon uh, animals.
1: <laughs> but um, so we're gonna wrap it up. Thank you once again, Jeanette, for. Your for taking the time out of your amazing busy schedule and hang out with us and talking to us about the lovely Gwendolyn Christie and her characters, and also have a safe and fun trip out to the Grand Canyon in New Mexico. Do
0: not ask for directions from uh, inbred cannibal redneck families. That can only end poorly.
3: Aw, oh, but that's that's who I was going to ask out to dinner.
0: <laughs> well, you got to watch out when Motels you invite those Airbnb. people to dinner.
3: <laughs> we would like you to Thank you guys there, again so for having me on. It was such an immense pleasure.
0: And you are welcome back at any time, of yes. course. Thank so. you. I think with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up and we will will see see you you next Thursday. Thursday.